What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today, we are joined by actor and writer Johnny J. Lee, who most recently guest starred on NCIS Los Angeles, starring in the series Coyote Hills on Rivet TV and the upcoming feature film Murmur. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hey, man, it's good to be here. Thanks for doing this. It's a, of course. It's a very impressive feat. This podcast is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, happy to have you on. Uh, so Johnny and I were just chatting. We were getting into some really interesting stories. And I said, wait, save them for the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to start off with your most recent um booking. Or you're yeah. not a booking, but what aired most recently, I guess. Because you had worked yeah, on it yeah. prior. So um, yeah. it, also, it also was kind of my recent booking. Well... It was my second most recent booking, mm. uh, but they just do really fast turnaround on NCIS LA, at least right now. I don't know what it's like normally for them, but yeah. So I auditioned for this in um, November. And for uh, those of you who may not know, so um, on NCIS LA, I now play the young version of Callan, uh, G. Callan, who's the, the main character there. Um and so, uh, so I, I did an audition. Uh, it was all self-tapes, uh, like everything is uh, mm-hmm. nowadays. So I, I did the self-tape, and I sent it in. And the next day, casting called my manager, and they were like, he's perfect. He's exactly what we want for this role, pinned. And I was like, cool. That was easy. <laughs> Great. Because um, <laughs> uh, Callan is a very interesting character. He's a very charismatic character. He has very interesting mannerisms. And truth be told, I hadn't seen that much of the show. And I knew who I was portraying, but I had been watching a lot of Psych, the TV show recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean Spencer is a very similar character. So I was like chan- trying to channel Sean Spencer into Callan, uh, which they, they may not like to hear, but that's what happened. And they liked it. Um, <laughs> it worked. So yeah, so I, I, I was like pinned and I was like, great. They were like, cool, we're shooting uh, next week. It's going to be great. Uh, and um, I was like, cool, done, cool. Uh, you know, like I got my my dates and everything covered from work. Um, and then uh, a week goes by and I reached out to my manager and I was like, hey, like today was their like test for COVID testing day. Is, am I doing this? And they were like, I don't know. You're right. We sh- uh, Let's check in with them. So we checked back in with casting and they were like, oh yeah, uh, we went with somebody else. I was like, okay, okay. like mm-hmm. sure that happens. I was like, man, I, I really felt like this was it. Like it felt like a me very me um so that was interesting and i was like okay but you know it happens whatever moving on i started doing some more auditions and then uh like four or five days go by and uh then they call my manager i'm in the middle of taping another audition and um one of my managers uh because there's, there's two uh calls me like in the middle of a tape and i'm like hey uh can i finish this first and he's like no are you available tomorrow to to test and i was like for what he's like for COVID testing NCSLA and I was like they've already filmed that he's like no they haven't uh and I was like oh okay uh yeah sure uh, I can be available and he was like great uh give me one minute he hangs up and I'm like okay well we'll pause this tape uh and then he calls back and he's like actually I need you to go test right now can you go to such and such location in Hollywood yeah. right now to go test and I was like uh yeah sure so I hop in my car I go all the way down to, to Hollywood I'm in Sherman Oaks so it's like 30 minutes that's not that far but it felt far uh and i get tested and they're doing rapid tests uh first this time which normally they do like a like a a different kind of test which takes like four or five days and so they did Mm. rapid tests first and um then i was just sitting waiting for that test 
to go through because they wanted me on set the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is so weird. And I called my manager. I was like, this ha- I've booked a couple times in COVID. And I was like, this is, seems kind of weird. What happened? And they were like, yeah. So the person who was supposed to do it uh, seems to have tested positive and can't be on the show or around anyone because this character is interacting with a lot of people. Yeah. And they're like, so it's really important that you test negative. <laughs> I was like, I have zero control over that outside of just <laughs> quarantined all the time. I can't do anything. Uh, so it, it came back negative. And then the next uh, day I went early in the morning, did a costume fitting and uh, test again, uh, or I had to test first and then do my costume fitting there. And uh, they were able to shift the schedule so that I had two more days before I started filming mm-hmm. uh, just to get some extra tests. So I ended up testing every single day that week. Um, before getting on set uh and it was uh it was just in, in insane the turnaround and when i got there the director was like yeah we really wanted you and then this other thing happened and then we couldn't use you uh because of such and such and i was like oh okay yeah like whatever i'm you know happy to be here and they were like yeah but we wanted you and i was like okay <laughs> cool uh but yeah man they were they were all so so nice everyone was it, it was weird because obviously uh, the schedule had gotten shifted around because of mm. this other actor who had gotten it. And uh, if you're listening, I'm so sorry that you got COVID, but I'm very grateful that I got <laughs> to work. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was just insane. And and mm. uh, for me, it was a good reminder, especially right now, that anything can happen. Like a no doesn't even mean a no anymore. Yeah. Uh, like you can have booked something and then gotten removed and then book it again uh it's just uh, it, it was an insane like week uh back in december and then uh we we filmed it over a week i think i was on set three days for that um mm. guest star and then uh they turned around and it aired january 17th so they flipped it around in like three weeks wow. four weeks yeah. yeah i was really really fast um so yeah so that was the that was the crazy kind of covid story for me <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I was always curious and a lot of people um, in like, you know, Facebook groups and stuff that I'm a part of also very curious as to like how they go about that. If someone does test positive, it's like, okay, well, what happens now? Does the next, the next person gets called in or you have to take more people and, and whatnot. And I hadn't heard any of it happening to anyone. Um, yeah. So I, it's, it's really it's interesting. interesting. I'm not exactly yeah sure what happens on the production side of it and like with mm. union stuff i'm not sure if that other actor still gets paid or whatnot i mean they they get paid for like doing the testing and, and costume right. fittings of course but yeah um it was it was very interesting i was like this is obviously never happened to anyone you know mm. it's like this is all very new yeah all these new rules and, and stipulations put into place um if i'm not mistaken the actor wouldn't get paid for the day of work because they didn't work. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I because I, I had a booking earlier in January. Um and I remember reading in the paperwork like employment is, you know, there's like the stipulation in place. This yeah, is if yeah, you yeah. test negative, you know, Sony Pictures has the right to terminate contracts if you know proper testing yeah, is yeah. not if, you know, if the right results don't come through. Yeah, they, um, they probably had one of those in this case uh, as well. Well, I mean, I guess they yeah. must have had. Um, but. Yeah. 
but thankfully that actually still got paid for his test days his fitting and all that stuff yeah so, for sure for sure. something <laughs> um so and, uh, uh, they liked him so right exactly yeah, it's one of those things that you know we always say like don't take it personally it's just business when when you don't get something even if someone really wanted you or uh if you were really right for the role and in this case it sounds like okay the director wanted you casting wanted you so it was maybe like an exec that was like no it's like this on the studio like the top studio level or, or the network yeah yeah you know that's one of those you'll never you never know and uh, this casting director too i had i had never um auditioned for them before you remember they mm -hmm. were doing all those uh like in May and April, they were doing all of challenges those like and... challenges yeah. and, and stuff. So I, that was the first time I ever auditioned for this person was that. So I'm assuming like mm. that informed a later casting decision for anyone that felt like it might've been a, a waste of time or discouraging, not, mm. you know, just submitting a tape for no jobs. Uh, I, I definitely think they were a really good way for them to see people they hadn't seen before. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the biggest um, takeaways from all of those different like self-tape challenges and, and all that stuff that were happening. Uh, thankfully, kept a lot of us busy. The, I felt like there yes. was a different challenge every week or two every week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and getting in, yeah, and getting in front of uh, casting directors that you otherwise would not have normally seen, whether it was because of location or, you know, mm -hmm. the market or, um, not having a rep or a rep who has a relationship with that office. It's all these different business things. I loved, I loved talking about the, the, the business side of, of acting and having that sort yeah, of business too. mindset. Cause yeah. it, it is, I mean, it's show business, you know? Yeah. 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 It's um, uh, I think a lot of actors forget that, that it's not just being talented and right. being available and, and being even like agreeable, but it's also a business and learning how to market right. yourself and learning, you know, the ins and outs of contracts and things like that. It's, right. it's a lot. Yeah, I was discussing with someone because um, I host this like actors therapy thing every weekend uh, over oh, Zoom cool. where people can just like chat and vent and ask questions and sort of get insight from a ton of different actors and stuff. And um, someone had asked like, because I had posted something on Facebook and they saw it and they brought it up. Um, but basically like, how do you balance the what I want to play versus what I can play at this mm -hmm. very moment? Because, you know, with theater, and I know you're a theater, a theater boy as well. So it's like with theater, yeah. you can play anything under the sun. It's yeah, so fun. Yeah. You put on some old age makeup and all of a sudden you're like old man Jenkins from next door. Or, you know, yep. you can, if you're doing children's theater, you just like raise the pitch of your voice a little bit. And, you know, mm -hmm. and jeans and you're a kid all of a sudden. But like with TV and film, it's not the same thing at all. It's like, nope, this not is your age range. You're playing maybe no more than five to seven years older and in some cases younger, depending on your look. And yep. there's not much wiggle room. It's very specific for a TV and film and a lot of uh, theater actors. And when I first got started in TV film, myself included, I was like, Oh, I could do, I've done everything. And I've played Italian, I've played Turkish, I've played whatever. It's like, well, cool. You're Latino. So, you know, yep. and you're a nerdy Latino yeah. at that. So it's even more specific. <laughs> it's even more. <laughs> I played yeah, lab text on TV shows. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I never get called in. Uh, people, casting doesn't think I'm very smart. So, uh, or I don't look smart. Uh, so I rarely, I get, it's the glasses. I get I'm called in for like sarcastic a lot. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Uh, which is funny. Cause I'm like a super nerd, like in my mm. real life, but just like the outward, they're like, oh yeah, this guy looks like he's had trouble at home. Like he doesn't get along <laughs> with his dad. 
at right. all. And I'm like, I love my dad. My dad's <laughs> one of my best friends. Uh, but yeah, that 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 dynamic, especially for theater actors, um, is is so interesting because I I would go from I, I played a lot of like very clean cut uh, ingenues. So like um, uh, I uh, I went out for like Book of Mormon a lot, which I. Mm-hmm was offered at one point, but I was contracted to something else. And then I had to turn oh, it down, which is a bummer. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, and just like a lot of those kind of roles, like like Pippin and Jack from Into the Woods, like those mm. kind of characters. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I can kind of see where that might fit in with film. I was like, cool, I'm going to play the maybe a nice guy, this kind of thing. Play next door All type of my, thing. Yeah, exactly. All of my first auditions, they were like, you know what you look like? You look like the serial killer rapist. And I was oh like, God. what? I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like I, looking back at the material that I had, mm. which was very angsty and not the most uh, yeah. me kind of headshots and stuff yeah. like that. It makes sense from a cast. But I was just like, this, this is insane. But like all of my first year of film auditions, it was just like, oh yeah, this guy's going to rape somebody. And I was like, I don't, that's, I don't want to do that. Like that, right. I don't like that like kind gel of gel from you. Um, just like yes exactly nice. there's some dark past with the yeah when i was looking at your headshots like your website and whatnot i was like there's like a twinkle in your eye of like something lying underneath so i see where they may get that sense like oh he seems nice and if you look for a second longer you're like but a there's yeah. something what's he hiding you know and that's yeah, good because yeah. it's layers of storytelling and just a photo which is i mean that's the goal of, of, of exactly you want to yeah and it's, just it's be here's a picture there. of me you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly which is you know with, with musical theater that always worked for me it was just like mm-hmm. here i am this is what i look like and yeah. then like oh, i see it was a million things yeah. but uh not anymore <laughs> but oh that's so funny <laughs> um so i want to go back a bit to how you got started yeah, sure. um performing and how you got started acting um from from what i'd read you started rather young you were in um in a musical family Yes. Yes. So, um, my, my dad builds banjos. He builds open back banjos, like those hillbilly banjos, uh, Mm. with, uh, his company, it's called Chuckley banjos and he sells them all over the world. Uh, some like really big bluegrass musicians play them too, which is really kind of cool. Uh, so I grew up around music. I grew up playing instruments first, so I can play Mm -hmm. just about anything with strings on it, guitar, banjo, ukulele, like dulcimer bass, those kind of things, just because Mm -hmm. that's what my family was doing. Not because I was like, I'm going to learn how to play everything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's, that's kind of where the artsiness comes from leaning towards that path rather than a, a, a doctor or something. Um, but, uh, for, for acting wise, I, uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm a really big kind of nerd. I, I grew up reading Marvel comic books. Fantastic four is my mm-hmm. most favorite comic team ever specifically Johnny storm. I'm just obsessed. And, um, and watching like Lord of the Rings and star Wars. I was mm-hmm. reading the novels. I had all of the action figures. <laughs> I, I was playing that in the backyard every yeah. single day. Oh my God, we would have gotten along so well as kids. Jesus, that was imagine. literally me. <laughs> Man, I, I would, if it was a little bit more socially acceptable, I still would be doing that. <laughs> uh, well, and I guess that that's my cosplay. outlet for acting. It's yeah, cosplay. exactly. <laughs> uh, which I love. I love cosplay. I think it's so cool and people right. are so talented there. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's where the love of kind of pretending came from. But my childhood was in Ovilla, Texas, which is a town of 
800 people and art is not really a thing outside of like my dad's banjo business. Mm-hmm. And so like what we would see is we would go to Dallas and see like community theater shows. And so that was my first exposure to like someone on stage doing something. I obviously seen movies and stuff, but that was just so far off. That's not, that wasn't like, a, Oh, that's something somebody could do. Um, that's just something you watch. Uh, and so I, I saw a bunch of community theater productions and I was really into music and uh, I've always been a pretty good singer um, just because of my like uh, family is all, like, they're all singers. So I, I kind of got that. Um, and so I was like, okay, this seems like something I should try at the time. <laughs> uh, at the time I was going to be a marine biologist. This was like when I was 13 or 14, not mm-hmm. because I knew anything at all that went into that but I was like I like to swim I'm a good swimmer (laughs) that makes sense so uh and then I found out what all goes into that and I was like okay maybe I need to look at something else Mm -hmm. um so yeah so I went to into community theater I I booked my my very first like community theater role I was like 15 or 16 uh, and that was like my first acting role ever so I didn't like grow Mm -hmm. up acting at all and uh it was the first community theater production of the Phantom of the Opera and uh, it was uh, for community theater was great. And I enjoyed the experience. Uh, but right after that, I had made some some pretty good connections there. And then I booked um, uh, Gideon and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was my first like mm-hmm. role. And I went to my first day of rehearsal and I was like, I know every single line of this, the, of the movie and of the show. I was like, I'm ready. We sang through the whole rehearsal. And uh, again, I'm like 15 or 16 around here. And so I'm also a tenor. Um, and mm-hmm. at that age, being a tenor is tough uh, on your on your voice, especially if you haven't had a lot of training. And I had zero training at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the director, um, who's also the, because uh, this community theater took place at Cedar Valley College, they use their mm-hmm college theater and he's also a professor there teaching uh, classical voice mm-hmm. and at the end of this rehearsal it's my first lead he's like hey so you can't sing this role um i thought you could but i don't think your voice is ready for this so we're gonna have to replace you and i was like oh okay this is not at all where i thought this was going to go and he was like yeah so also we're gonna um your friend, one of your best friends is a really good singer. So we're going to pick him instead. So, but it's okay. It's okay. Cause you can stay on in the ensemble. And I was like, okay, at the time. And I'm glad, I guess I, I didn't uh, think about this more. I was just like, yes, great. Let's, let's stay on. And I'm glad I stuck around. It was a really good way of, of learning to deal with that and getting those skills that are, you know, so prevalent in, in film. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but the, the good part of that was he was like, because I'm t- taking this role away from you all summer long, I'm going to be giving you free collegiate classical voice lessons, which oh. for anyone who doesn't know are very expensive. So all that summer I learned, uh, you know, like classical arias and learned how, mm-hmm. what a head voice is and like how to use that kind of stuff. And then from there, he started casting me in a lot more lead roles and things yeah. like that, which, which worked out in the end but man it was it was devastating as as a, a 15 year old like wanting something so bad and then getting yeah. it and then you know getting removed Sorry. yeah <laughs> uh, you know it, it happens and it's it's yeah. uh it's a good lesson to learn but from there i i started um uh i 
I went to my first equity theater production, um, which was uh, Too Many Girls, which is based off of a really old movie at, at Lyric Stage. Um, mm-hmm. And I was cast as an ensemble member there, but this is my first time ever being paid as an actor. And it wasn't that mm-hmm. much, but it was, you know, it was like a little stipend, like a $150 or something for like a three week run. Yeah. But I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. You could get paid as an actor. And right. that was the point I was like, oh, this could be a career. If you play your cards right and, you know, you get enough productions, I can see this. Uh, and that production, I actually met my wife at, Mary McElroy. Uh, she was mm-hmm. the lead in the show. And I was like, ensemble boy, number, you know, whatever, eight, ten. Um, nobody yeah. knew who I was except her. She was always very nice to me, uh, and which worked out well for me. Uh, but we didn't date till years later. I, after that, I did my first uh, touring production with the Dallas Children's Theater, and uh, it was called Flat Stanley, which is based off the little cardboard character that you like send in the mail, and then like your family member takes a photo with him, mm-hmm. and then they send that photo back. It's a, a public school thing. I didn't grow up doing that. But uh, so we we toured all over the country, almost in every state. We did like over 200 performances of this show. Uh, we we um, uh, played in, in Los Angeles. Uh, we played in New York. I mean, Chicago, everywhere. Because uh, they do these huge children's theater productions. They're like mm-hmm. meant for families, but they still put a lot of money into it, uh, which was cool. Uh, and so that's where my first exposure to LA was. And I was like, oh, I get this. I, mm. I get why people like this. And then immediately contrasted with New York, which was cool. But I was like, I can very clearly, I can see New York is not for me. I, mm. I don't feel at home here. Like this doesn't feel like my kind of energy. In LA, mm. I was just like, that's it. That's, this is for me. Um, and then let's, let's kind of see. Transferring over to film uh, mm. was different. Because at this point I had done, I was... 18, 19, uh, maybe 20, somewhere in there. I was at some age at that point in time. And um, I was, uh, my wife and I were were dating at the time and we got uh, booked on a cruise ship uh, working in the Mediterranean, uh, this company called Silver Sea, which is like this ultra luxury line. They really only do classical music and like um, standards and stuff. Uh, So we got cast in that and we were doing that. And it was like a seven month contract. And I was just like, man, this is not fulfilling at all. Like Mm. this just feels so dead inside. And I've been doing a lot of equity productions. I had my equity card at that point. I was, I was getting roles and like even doing straight theater too. And I was just like, ah, this just doesn't feel right. Something's not clicking and so we were on this cruise ship and uh this is a little bit silly uh but i'm i'm just gonna gonna say it so disney uh announced that it was going to buy fox or it was kind of like speculated and i was Mm. like man i've always loved movies i i love what that like i love the um just the connection you can have with characters there and, Mm. you know, following someone for a long time on a TV series, things like that. I was like, that's not something that I get from, from theater. And I was like, I want that. I want to see the other side, what that's like. And um, I've always loved Marvel and the movies they were making at the time. It was like early MCU was just incredible. And I was just like, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. I love this yeah. action. It's comedy. It's nerdy, but uh, it's it's super fun. And I was and uh, we were in the middle of a cabaret. Uh, my wife and I were rehearsing, and um, 
we had just finished doing uh, some some number and they were tuning the mics or something. And I, I got a notification on my phone about that, that Disney thing. And I was like, man, that's what I want to do. And I looked over at my wife and I was like, she's going to tell me I'm stupid. But I was like, what if we just quit this and move to Los Angeles? And I pursued trying to be in a Marvel movie. Mm. And I was like, is that crazy? And she was, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but I came along with, uh, yeah, that's insane. How do we do that? Um, <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's not what I expected, uh, yeah. but cool. And I was <laughs> like, well, I assume I need an agent. I need to go on some film auditions. I should probably take some film classes, I guess, because I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And so we get off the cruise ship and uh, there's not that much film training available in Dallas. Tons and tons of theater. It's a big theater town. But um, there was like only a couple acting classes. So I took one and I was like, this doesn't feel like actually film acting. It just feels like musical theater acting and someone's putting a camera here. Um, And so I I just started looking up any like non-union student film Mm -hmm. audition I could find. So I I mean, literally just Googling uh, student film audition and see what came up. And a lot, a lot, a lot of scams, so many scams uh, of, of different things. But one of them, there's this website called the Dallas Film Commission, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like how they do a lot of their funding for, for local films and things like that, but they post auditions sometimes. And there was this one for this movie, it was called A Parent's Nightmare, and it was this, uh, ironically, it was like this serial killer rapist kind of character. But I was like, oh, that sounds very actory. Let, let's try it. And I got the audition. And I, I went in, you know, uh, drove across town and went into this uh, office and did the role uh, auditions. There was a couple sides there. And they were like, you're perfect for this. And I was like, okay. And uh, they were like, <laughs> however, you have zero film experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I know. But I, like, I'm a professional actor. I've been working on, on the equity theater productions, you know, for like the past six years. I was like, I know what I'm doing. And they were like, have you ever been on a professional film set? And I was like, no, but I think I can do it. And they were like, okay, sure. And they were like, <laughs> we like you and we want you, but our producers are literally never going to go for this because you've done nothing. And they're like, so in order for you to get this, we need to film all of your audition scenes up close like it was going to be on in the movie. Mm-hmm. So we had to go through all of the scenes multiple times and he like the, the director, Brian Skiba, just got out his phone and like stuck it in my face and was like, okay, uh, this is the part where you need to cry. I need you to do it. And I was like, okay. So we went through it a couple of times and I guess I got what they needed and somehow got networked approved. I don't understand how that happened. This was this was going to be a lifetime movie, but I didn't know that at the time. It was just mm. like I thought this was like oh some independent little like ultra low budget thing, um, and so I I got it. I, I was working on a theater production at the time. I had to leave it. That was the first time I've ever in my life left a job like that mm. at all. But first time leaving an acting contract or a, any sort of equity contract, which thankfully equity allows. Uh, if you get a better paying union job, you're allowed to leave a contract. Um, so I, I did that and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of, of, of doing theater. I'm just going to jump in and see what happens. So um, I, 
I got, I got cast with this film and I was on, on set for like, like 12 days or something for the, the mm-hmm. whole film schedule. And poor Brian Skiba, this director, he's directed a lot of movies. He had to walk me through every single aspect of being yeah. on a set, which is not um, the way I would suggest doing it. I would suggest learning on student film sets if you can, uh, because I looked so stupid half the time. He'd be like, and this is your mark, and that's what you're going to hit. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've seen that in movies. I saw some behind the scenes of How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, okay, cool. I see how this works. I got this. And I could not hit my mark for the life of me. And they were like, all like the DP was like, oh my gosh, where did you get this guy? Like what happened? And so they busted out big sandbags, put it right in front of my mark. So I literally could not walk past my mark. And so I would walk up and click and I'd look down and be like, oh, there's a sandbag. And they're like, you can't look down at your spot. (laughs) Okay, fine. Right. Gotcha. Cool. So I had to practice over and over. Finally got it. Uh, All the leads were just like, oh my gosh. Uh, Oh, and for this film, I was number two on the call sheet. Mm. I was like, a lead lead on this they were so desperate for somebody uh that was available at the time that i i could that i got it but um i learned so much brian skiba was so so kind he did not have to be that kind he could have called me names the whole time and it would have been acceptable (laughs) but uh he was so kind walked me through the whole thing i got squibbed for the first time which if Mm. anyone doesn't know it's like the little gunshot explosion things they attach to your chest um was really cool uh so this was all still without an agent after that i kind of levied my way into a local agent uh in in dallas auditioned for them for a year booked one job which was like for a documentary kind of thing didn't pay very much um and then uh towards the end of of that year i was like we need to move to la uh we need to we need to go i i you know disney is is surely looking for for people for these movies and fantastic four is coming at this point they had finally bought and i was like i need to be in la because i need to at least try i can fail that's fine i'll be okay Mm -hmm. but i need to try and so we were like i have the only footage i have is me of this like rapey uh stalker kid um from this movie that's it and this documentary which was not uh, helpful at all for real footage. And, uh, so we are like, what, what needs to happen? I was like, I need to show them that I can play this kind of character. And they're like, okay, how do we do that? You need to get cast at something. And I was like, yes. And then we're like, okay, but no one's bringing you in for these kind of auditions. What do you do? And I was like, okay, I had some filmmaking friends who I grew up with and they were always making parodies of Lord of the Rings. And they just filmed it with, you know, little bits giant like old school home video camera um and i was like i could do that we have iphones we have computers i was like uh my wife had a dslr camera because she's also a photographer i was like Mm -hmm. we could film something right here so i wrote a web series that was basically this kind of character that i wanted to play who's a superhero it's called nuke nelson it's still up on youtube if anyone wants to watch it it's not great but it's there and i'm i'm proud that i did it Mm -hmm. um and that it was like a five episode little series and um, each episode was like five minutes long. Um, but that doing that opened so many doors for me 
Um, and this is mostly for encouragement for the listeners out there. If there's something that you want to be seen for and you're not getting seen for it, go out and film it. If you need to hire a friend that's a writer to write you something, if you just can't bring yourself to do it, which up until that point, I hadn't written anything. And, but I was like, I don't know any writers. So I have to write this myself. Um, man, just go see if you can pay your friend $20 to write you a, a, a two page scene that's the kind of character that you want to do or just mm. write it. It's okay if it's bad um, writing it. That's not what it's about. It's about showing that you can play this character and put it on tape. If you can't film that like a production, that's fine. You know, do it like a, like a self tape. It got me, my, my manager here in LA was like, mm. Hey, this guy is a go getter. If I need him to put something on tape, that's not going to get him necessarily cast right now. He's going to do it. He can write it himself. He's going to make it look as good as he can with the stuff that he has. Um, uh, and, and so that's what I did. That's what got me my manager. Um, but uh, real quick into the story of getting into LA, I'll, I'll do a, a short version of this. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, two weeks before we were supposed to move, we didn't have jobs. We didn't have an apartment. And um, we were like, this is not for us. Clearly, this isn't going to work out the way we thought because we'd been looking for an apartment for like three months, which is almost impossible to do outside of LA. It's really mm -hmm. hard to find an apartment when you can't go see it if you don't know the neighborhoods of what's safe and not. Yeah. Um, so then a week out, we found out that uh, we were pregnant and we were like, okay, we have no family in LA. This is a bad, bad idea. Um, then the next day, we found out we got jobs. And uh, like a day before we found out we were pregnant, we had gotten approved for the, uh, the apartment that we first moved to when we moved out here. And um, we were just like, man, this is a lot. Uh, how do you even have an acting career when you have to work like six jobs and then also have a kid? Like that seems yeah. impossible. And we kind of came to the conclusion. We were like, if we don't do this now before the baby is here, then we're not going to do it. When If we have like a one-year-old or a two-year-old, we're not going to move across, across the country. We're going to get too comfortable where we are. That security is going to be too great to sacrifice. So we need to just do it now. So we did. And in like two days, uh, we packed up our apartment. Uh, we drove across uh, from Dallas to, to California, which is like two 14-hour days or so. Mm. And um, we moved in and then we started so much work on the internet trying to figure out how an actor works in LA, how someone gets an agent, different things like that. We, uh, we got recommended. There's this incredible Facebook page called Talent Managers for Actors. Great, if anyone great is community. not a part of it, you need to go. If you are learning about the industry, please go join. There are incredible experts, managers, casting directors who are just giving free information away. Um, and you can just, you don't have to say anything, just join the group, read posts. They have so much free information. Yeah. Uh, that's what got me, my manager was a mix between that and creating my own content. Cause I was able to format everything correctly. I knew that I was supposed to have this and this and this on actors access and not this and this and this. Um, and that's what got everything going. Um, so I can't recommend that highly enough. This was like the longest, longest tangent from the questions. So I hope it was not. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, off. you're answering all of my other questions. So it's totally fine. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. So then uh, from, from moving on to, on to there, uh, 
I, I've been, uh, God has blessed us so much. We've been so, mm. so incredibly blessed. We, we started, uh, booking stuff. Mary was, uh, um, still going out even while she was pregnant a little bit for some like commercially kind of stuff. And then once she had the, the baby, um, I started booking enough roles that she didn't have to work anymore. Mm. So I was working at Starbucks and then booking enough roles that she could just stay home with the baby. And we're still like that. We've, we've gone, mm. been here two years and it's just been absolutely incredible. Like we shouldn't be off as well as we are. Uh, and I, I have no, uh, explanation outside of God has just been very generous, but, mm. um, man. Uh, and so I started booking SAG roles. I, um, I, I got my first, my first feature out here in LA was this, um, non-union show. Uh, it was called, uh, Ouija's Halloween night. It's for, uh, full moon productions. They do like, uh, low budget horror movies, which if mm -hmm. you're a horror fan, they're really fun. Uh, this particular one is like a stoner comedy smashed <laughs> with a horror movie. It's yeah. really funny, but it's funnier if you're high or drunk. Um, so <laughs> if, if that's, uh, something that you partake of, uh, that's the best way to consume that movie. Um, but yeah, so uh, that opened a couple more doors. I got booked on this uh, this SAG web series, um, which is really incredible. It's called Zoe Valentine. And that's where I met John Baumgartner, who is my, to this day, writing partner. And he's a, he's an incredible director. Uh, he directed a Hard Pill on MTV, if uh, anyone uh, knows that. Uh, and so... I, that was one of the best relationships I've, I've made in LA outside of my, my manager relationship. Um, Cause he's one of those people that is like not afraid to give you criticism on your work. He doesn't like when something airs, he doesn't have to be like, Oh, that was great. You look like you were having so much fun. Wow. He's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, that wasn't very good. Like yeah. I didn't believe again. you when uh... you said that. Oh, did we, did we lose? No, no, no. Audio? I'm saying like, that's the, oh, yeah. that's the type of thing. Uh, it would... Yeah, yeah. And, and so I started fielding some of my auditions with him and he'd be like, that's not good. I don't believe that moment. Why? Why would you say that? You mm. don't have a reason that you're saying that. Um, and so that was incredibly helpful. But um, once the pandemic hit, I was like, I, I, ooh, I was on Selena the series two days before things shut down. Um, mm. I was in Mexico in, oh, where's it? where was it? Rosarito, Rosarita, something like that. There's a studio down there where they shot Pirates of the Caribbean. That's where we were mm. um, and, and filming. And then I got back and everything shut down. I was like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, but this, uh, this friend, John Bob Gardner, he was like, nothing's going to happen for a while in the industry. Let's start writing. When things back, uh, get back up, Let's have lots of scripts that are ready to sell, that we can self-produce, that we can try and do this. So we have three full features that we've finished. Uh, I just finished my first uh, pilot with this stuff uh, just from, from downtime and just being like, there's nothing going on. So that was my first half of the pandemic was just like writing, 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 mm. um, which is another great actor exercise. If you don't write, just write. It doesn't have to be good. Allow yourself to write something bad. You just get you get smarter at reading scripts and understanding what writers intend with that. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's just so, so helpful to do that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we got here. I booked a, a, a feature and two guest stars and uh, like a, a lead in a short film, the second half of, of 
pandemic and kind of seeing some of the benefits of that now, but it's, it's been crazy with everything. Obviously that's, you know, that's the understatement, but um, yeah, it's a, it's been a really, really fun ride. And that's kind of what led me to here. It was a, again, a super long-winded story. I hope you didn't get bored while listening everybody, but uh, it's, it's the truth. That's what, that's what happened. (laughs) Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, so something that you mentioned uh, earlier with creating content, um, that's something that quite a number of actors that I know have have done. Um, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this prior to, to starting recording about the difference between what you really want to play versus what you can play at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so there's, you know, you wrote um, how important it is for an actor to create their own big break or at least for sure if it's not up to that standard of creating your own break just creating your own work that will get you seen in the way that you want to be seen because a lot of times one's own personality or one's headshot will um radiate this one particular type of character and if that's not what you want to play then you need to like you know put in the work to showcase that whether it's another language whether it's a skill it's like some people Mm -hmm. um don't look like they may be an athlete like oh you're a black belt wow i never would have guessed that you know it's like that sort of thing it's like cool so why don't you write a quick short where you have to like bust out a couple moves or something you know it's like so important to showcase all of that stuff um you know i'm not the most hispanic looking person yet i'm the child of immigrants and i speak perfect Spanish it's like you know it's (laughs) there's these uh, other little things that it's like how we were talking about branding and marketing and whatnot like you have to (laughs) put in the work to showcase your skills and your level of talent when you may not be getting the opportunity otherwise you know yeah yeah definitely Uh, I feel like that's been my whole career in film is like I want to be seen for this kind of role uh talking to my manager play like um what what kind of actors are doing this kind of role and my manager i'm so 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 lucky brent paxton is just one of the kindest most generous with his time managers he's with mm-hmm. uh creative artists um and he he's always been really good about being like hey these are the kind of roles i think you could play we don't have any material on that right now but i think you could play um a a really funny nerdy guy like i think mm-hmm. you just have that in you can you take this scene from a movie and can you put that on tape so I can see it and put your own spin on it, you know? And, and so I would do that. He'd be like, Hmm, okay. That didn't work. Like I thought it would. Uh, but let's, let's try this scene. And then we do that and be like, yes, cool. I can take that and I can pitch that to a casting director. So I, I, I cannot um, say enough how important just putting onto tape what you want to do, because if they can't right. see you do that acting, uh, you know, uh, on camera work is a very visual uh job and it, people need to see it um and uh, so get a scene if you need to take something from a movie if you need mm-hmm. to write your own that fits that kind of character one of my favorite things to do is to take a couple different movies that i really like 
or with a couple characters, even if it's just something small in there and being like, that's a great line. This is a great line. This is a great line. Uh, and oh, this movie has this really fun monologue. I'm going to put all those together to make this character. And then I put that on tape. And so it's a little bit different. It's unexpected than what anyone else is going to to do, but it also showcases that character. And if you want to get those roles, if you want to play, um, you know, like the, the, the girl next door who's cute and quirky, uh, they need to see that. But if all you have is, uh, you know, just like hardcore lawyer, then no one is ever going to bring you in for cute and quirky girls. So right. put it on tape, you know, and Again, there is some truth to just type of what you're going to be cast as. Um, so I, I think there is a, a, I think there's an important layer of, of being smart about that and being like, mm -hmm. these are the things I'm going to book right now, but I'm going to build my career so I can play these other things. So having both, if you want a book right now, being very wise about your type, being very wise about having clips that show off that type, um, those are going to be the things that get you work right now. But if you want to build towards something, absolutely create that content for that. Yeah. Um, anyone who, who listens to the show, you've known that has been said by so many of our past guests. Um, Kazi Toginas, who's one of our past guests, he has, um, he was a prior to pursuing an acting career. He was, um, he was pursuing boxing. And mm. he wrote a short film that tied in um, that passion of his that he had and the story of his mother's diagnosis in battle with lupus, which mm. is a, a disease that doesn't have a lot of light sh sh like sh shined, shown, shone on it. I don't know. <laughs> shown? I don't know. <laughs> Illuminated. Spelled differently. Um, and but he made you know he tied the two together basically he he wrote the character for himself to play of a boxer who's forced to retire early after he's diagnosed with lupus so it's like this whole other mm -hmm. spin on these two things that are very personal to him but that showcase this level of skill and i mean after that came out he was booking the blacklist and blind spot and all of these other shows that shot in new york and uh yeah. he's on the new equalizer series and he was an equalizer <laughs> two in the movie uh, now the series is coming out. So, you know, it's, it, it leads to stuff. It's not, you know, it may not be immediate. It's not like, uh, I had someone ask me recently, they said, um, you know, after you worked on blind spot, did you notice like a difference in your bookings? And I was like, not at all. It's just like, okay, did that job and on to the next, it's mm -hmm. on to the next. That, that's really how we have to treat every audition and, and, and even Definitely. every booking. It's like something could happen. Sure. But if we just wait around for things that could happen, we're going to be waiting a very long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta take you gotta take control of your career, mm -hmm. um, especially in the things that you can control. Um, I, I think that's that's so important, and uh, that that short film uh, story that's so inspiring. And exactly what you should do: find something you're very passionate about, find out the mm -hmm. things that you're good at. If you have a special talent like boxing, that's great. Like that's a castable thing. People are looking for those things. People want people with combat combat experience. So show them. They okay. they're a lot of the times they're literally begging to find somebody with these skills. So like, don't make it hard for them you know, put it on tape, be ready. Yeah. And even things with uh, languages, dialects, accents with the same thing, just mm -hmm. write a quick scene, shoot it in your living room or, you know, outside or somewhere, get a couple of friends. Like our iPhones now have 4k cameras on them. Yeah. Like, yes, it's insane. You, you the quality. Little, like, $10 lav mic into it and get great 
sound too. Like it's so accessible right now. There's really nothing holding you back outside of just doing it. Right. And and, and I love what you wrote. You wrote, um, what's stopping you? Just looking at at the answers you'd given me. Um, you know, you mentioned creating your own big break, write your own material, create the roles you want to play. What's stopping you? And literally what's stopping you? We have these, we have the technology Mm -hmm. now. It's like, sure. It's not going to look perfect. It's, but the, the quality is there. And there are so many other, if you were to post on like a Facebook group, Hey, who in Chicago wants to get together and write and shoot a short, you're going to get so many people anywhere you are, Mm -hmm. literally anywhere, whether, Mm -hmm. especially on those groups, like, um, TMFA, the talent managers for actors, they have, I think they just hit over 70,000 members anywhere you are in the U S there's going to be someone who's going to want to collaborate with you, you know? Yeah diversifying your skill set is super helpful. Um, something I've gotten a lot better at is DPing, like directing photography for filmmaking. Uh, not because I want to get hired as that ever, but because I want the stuff I put out to look as good as possible. So I invested in getting some nicer camera lenses. We had a DSLR, mm-hmm. but we wanted some nice film lenses. We wanted an 85. We wanted a, a, a couple nice 35s, you know, to do some up close stuff. And then most recently I, I, it was expensive, but I got myself a camera gimbal so that I can do steady shots and things like that. And it's, again, I'm not going to be a DP. That's not something I'm interested in, but it gives me the opportunity to up what my material I'm putting out is, you know, like I'll, mm. I'll film like my wife's uh, scenes and stuff. And, and now I can do that and make it look a little bit more professional and things like that. We got nice lighting equipment, things like that. And it's not something that I, again, it's, it's, it's expensive. You can do all of this stuff for almost free um, if you want, um, but allow yourself to to invest in yourself, in your future, if acting is something you want to do. Uh, Jenna Fisher has this incredible, incredible book. Uh, it's called Actor's Life. Is that? Yes, I The Actor's it? Life, A Survival the Guide. So good. It's Love incredible. Book. I've read that like, that was one of the books we bought right before we moved here. And mm-hmm. it is so ground. She is so smart, has so many great tips. Um, And uh, fortunately, we have a lot more access to things than she did in the early 2000s for creating your own stuff. You can you can do that. And I'm I'm harping on this so much because I think it's so important for actors. It's it's a um, a it is it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Allow Mm. yourself to invest in yourself. Don't just watch movies of the actors you like which is good and i think there's definitely value in that but take those scenes dissect those scenes put them on camera see what it takes to get that kind of performance out of you and you can do that in a really safe space you can just put a camera up in your room um and record it by yourself especially if it's like a monologue or something um you you don't need to have a whole crew in order to do that because that's a that's a helpful skill but yes create 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 it's so important yeah Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And anyone who has not read that book, please read. Please. Oh my gosh. The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. I bought it uh, during the quarantine um, and I was just, I was experiencing some severe burnout uh, (laughs) in 2019. Basically, as soon as I moved to New York, I was living on my own for the first time, paying rent um, and got a part-time job that was like 35 hours a week. So it may as well have been full-time working at a gym and was just, you know, working opening shifts from like 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. No energy to do anything else. I didn't have, I had just gotten my first rep, but 
for the Southeast market. So I wasn't getting auditions in New York. Um, if I did get one for that market, it was a tape. So it was like easy to do. Um, but, you know, and so I, I hadn't been in a class. My goal was to like get back in an acting class since I'm in the city. I'm not paying $35 round trip to get from Connecticut to New York back and forth. Um, and then during the pandemic, I was like, okay, we're going to get um, Stella Adler's book. We're going to get William Meisner's books. We're going to get some <laughs> actor biographies and an actor's life was one of them or the actor's life. Um, and just really focused on and, and took a ton of like classes over Zoom at Stella Adler and um, with my coach, uh, uh, James Saccone. I almost got my coach's name wrong. Wow, it's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> um, but James has his own community online as well and has great he has workshops with casting directors. And those have led yeah, to he's a really auditions. smart dude. Yeah, those have led to bookings and, you know, just awesome, you know, really just. I'm like, okay, well, there's no acting going on. So let's get back into class. Let's invest in myself, in my career, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. up until then I was working to pay rent and was so exhausted. The last thing I wanted to do was sit in a three-hour class. I was like, nope, I'm too tired. Yeah. Got to wake yeah, up yeah. at 4 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, I think that during the the, the pandemic, especially, um, I just realized how little I was actually doing to get further in my acting career and as soon mm-hmm. and i'm glad that once the pandemic happened i made those investments because as soon as things started to kick up again in new york it's like okay hitting the ground running i took workshops with all these casting directors who are now super busy because all of these shows are coming out yeah yeah um, and all these new platforms launched like peacock launched over uh during the pandemic so they're starting to do their own stuff now and mm-hmm. Netflix yeah, they have a is only lot of stuff more. coming up too yeah um yeah so it's uh, uh yeah there's there's so much opportunity that the good I, I hate seeing the good thing about the pandemic but i i think there are some bright sides to that if especially I, I, I if you live in a major market it is easier to book things because they're less inclined to fly somebody out they want somebody who's been here can quarantine by themselves in their own yeah. home uh so that's a huge huge plus right now is being like i can stay at home and quarantine for two weeks and you don't need to put me up in a hotel to do that. Right. Um, I'm I can be on set today to go test. Um, that's one of the reasons that NCIS thing worked out is because I could go in and do that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a bright side. the The field has been leveled a lot because mm-hmm. um, my first pilot season, I was constantly going out against names and stuff who were flying in from New York and Atlanta and stuff. And I would get down to those two and I'd be like, like I have zero credits and they're gonna, you know, this, which is a little bit defeatist. And I wish I hadn't had those thoughts, but it's it's realistic. (laughs) It's learning. uh, We learn. Yeah. It's learning a hundred percent, but you know, a lot of that isn't a thing anymore. They're not gonna risk bringing, flying someone in from Atlanta if they don't have to, Um, or, you know, vice versa obviously they're not gonna bring someone in from la if uh, they have somebody in new york who's ready to go or someone from new york who's ready to go in atlanta um or wherever you live and they're filming so but yeah Yeah, right now is definitely the uh the era of the local hire uh (laughs) yes it's uh it's been great um in in a lot of workshops that people have asked casting directors like oh do you think it's like hurting our chances and it's like well as long as you can drive there if you're in dc and you can drive up to new york great but if yeah you know no one's gonna fly you out of a friend of mine um worked on legacies 
the CW series and he was in West Virginia and they said, we're going to book you. We're going to cover your, your gas, your mileage, all that stuff. We'll put you up, but you have to drive. We absolutely are not flying you out. Like we cannot risk you catching something on the plane yeah. and then getting here, testing negative, And then we have to, you know, do all this stuff all over again uh, with someone sure. else. So, um, so yeah, if, and I know a lot of people who during the pandemic finally made the move to the right market for themselves yeah. because it's like, okay, everyone's flocking. Not everyone, but a lot of people left their markets. Oh yeah. People gave up acting. Some people here. went yeah. back to, uh, to school. Some people went back home, um, you know, out of understandable and totally relatable fear of, of, of just not having opportunity. Yeah. Um, I did also, I, I, I mean, my apartment stayed here and I was still paying rent every month, but I did go see my family for, and I stayed with them for five months in Connecticut sure. and then came right back at the end of the summer and things slowly started picking up again after that. So I'm glad I did all that when I did, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I also know someone, one of the trainers at the gym that I work at, he had been booking a lot in, in New York. He was recurring on Orange is the New Black, on Power. He worked on uh, The Punisher and a ton of other stuff. Um, and he finally made the move to LA. He's like, I want to start doing more film. I've done TV, done a lot of the TV in New York. So there's not much more for me to do. So let's make the move. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very contemplative time. A lot of time for us to think and see where we have to put a little more energy, see where we have to put less energy. Cause yeah, not definitely. Everything we were putting all that energy in required all of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, also, if you just for anyone out there listening who doesn't have it already, having a good self tape set up right now is mm. so important. Uh, it's it's worth the investment. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't, I mean, one of the classes I took over over the pandemic um, at Stella Adler over Zoom, of course, was a, a TV film audition technique, basically a self tape class and um, learning about like that stark blue backdrop that everyone seems to be obsessed with i'm not a fan because i'm not i'm you yeah, know that little color to me it makes it pales me out it makes them look gray um and it's not very it's not a very flattering color for everyone i don't it's like it looks more like blue screen than yeah anything I, else i, I get it uh truth be told i don't even use a backdrop uh I because i have a i've booked yeah using this so wall. cracks and all like, yeah <laughs> definitely i i like depth of field in mind so because i use a mm-hmm. uh a, like a um, a DSLR camera, I'm able to put lenses on that, you know, have depth of field. And so yeah. I, in a perfect world, I don't want to see the background at all. Obviously not everyone has a space for that because you have to have a lot of room between you and the right. background. But um, yeah, it's, it's the important thing is that you are the focus of the video and right. that nothing is distracting in the background. Not that you have to have a blue wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Plus, uh, it's just funny thinking of like all the thumbnails with this a sea of blue walls, and it's yeah. like, oh, that one's not blue. That one looks interesting. Yep. That's good lighting over there. I've never know? thought about that, but that is a really good point. I yeah. bet. Yeah. I I make the same point about headshots and people using <laughs> everyone using the same like top three photographers who all have a very distinct style, sure. and and lighting setup. It's like same thing. All of these headshots look exactly the same because it's yep. the same person, same style. Ooh. They don't move their lights. Same color backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't want to keep you any longer. We've been talking for a while, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so as if we haven't gotten to know you for the last, um, I think, hour, 
I don't even know. Time flies. Yeah. Um, but we're going to play uh, our closing game called Getting Boy. to Know You with uh, some cr- getting to know all about you. <laughs> Musical theater kids. Yay. Right. <laughs> so some are rapid fire. Some will make you have to think a bit, but we'll start with coffee or tea. Oh, okay. Uh, coffee. So you work at Starbucks. Should be. I do. I love. Uh, I'm. <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent. I'm so sorry, but I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I completely cut out caffeine, but I still mm-hmm. work at a coffee shop uh, because uh, I was drinking so much coffee that my eyes started to twitch, and I was like, "Okay, Ooh. that's not good." So I had to completely cut out caffeine, and so I drink herbal tea. But I love coffee so much. Nitro cold brew is my jam. Mm. Don't believe me. Uh, plays or musicals. Musicals, theater or screen acting, screen acting, TV or film. It's so hard nowadays because yeah. I feel like there's so much crossover. But I would say film. Uh, hero or villain? Hero. If you could be in the revival of any musical, which would it be? Musical. Oh, um, or play. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna revival revival revive it again for a while but pippin i loved the revival mm. they did with the circus theme i thought that was super cool so i would love to have another spin on it i don't know what it would be but i i love that role and that show uh what film franchise do you want to join oh uh mcu absolutely ready yesterday same uh worst <laughs> side job you've had oh man uh so many, um, so, so many. Uh, the worst one was I was a, a mascot for State Farm and mm-hmm. I wore this big like, um, like character outfit. Uh, I, I don't know what, if there's a particular name for those. And I would stand out by the road and I would dance and tell people to go to State Farm. Uh, and yeah, I was like 14 or something. So oh, I, you know, like, I worked for like two hours a day or something. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was awful. Oh boy. I did it so much. Uh, childhood celebrity crush. Mm, Ariana Grande. Since, uh, since her like theater days of, uh, what is mm. it, 13, the musical? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> well, I'll leave um, it there. That's probably best. <laughs> uh, person you trade places with for one day. Hmm. Is it supposed to be an actor or? Uh, it doesn't uh, have to be. Okay. And in this scenario, am I like them and I have all the skills that they have? Yes. Uh Jeff Bezos and I would donate a lot of money really fast. <laughs> and I if I got who one gave day. a similar answer, but they said like Jeff Bezos giving money away. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of uh, opportunity to do interesting mm-hmm. things there. Uh, do you have a secret talent? Uh, secret talent. Um, I can burp on command, but I don't know. If that's <laughs> necessarily the most interesting so anyway there sorry asmr <laughs> haters you get a little bit of uh what is your favorite accent or impression to do and can we hear it 
Oh man, I'm terrible at accents. I'm not good at accents. Um, but I've, I've always enjoyed, uh, a little bit of like, um, the 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 Beatles like hello hello yes uh we yes we're the Beatles like just like the worst like English uh accent ever yeah I'm not an oh, accent man. guy I've uh, I would love to be but that's just not something I'm, I'm very good at did you grow up with a Texan accent at all or no um a little bit so I've I, I spent my uh like I don't know, like 22 years in Texas. Um, and so there are little things like I say y'all a lot, but I don't necessarily say it in an accent, but I just like it. I think y'all's great. And every once in a while, I'll slip into saying you're. So like, uh, I love your hat, like your, that kind of oh, thing yeah. Yeah. versus I love your hat, yeah. uh, which is something I very consciously tried to like change, but it still slips out every once in a while. But I didn't ever have that much of an accent. Gotcha. Uh, what is your most recent binge watch? Oh, um, I finally got caught up with The Boys season two, mm. uh, which came out in like September. And I loved season one. I just think it's an incredible show and such a fun, obviously, because I'm such a, a big MCU Marvel fan. But mm. just seeing the flip side of that, like, what if these people actually existed in a real reality where they're not perfect uh, is so cool. But yeah, season two is is great. It's a little gory for anyone who doesn't like that. But um, it's it's really mm. fun. Is there someone from history that you would like to portray? Ooh, um, yes, but he's still alive. But I, I think there's going to be more history about him at some point. But uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke, the uh, mm. Texas mm. senator, whenever they do a biopic around him, I'm, after he's, I don't know, uh, well, he was a congressman. He didn't get senator, but he was so close to, to flipping Texas. Very, I, I'm a huge fan. But if they ever do a biopic around him, I would love, love to play him. Cool, cool. Uh, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? And this is excluding the uh, marine biologist, definitely. There we go. Uh, no, I would, uh, I would definitely not do that. Um, so entirely. Um, I don't know if there's. Ooh. I know, although this, I don't know if this would be totally, I would love to be some sort of team leader at like Disney World mm. uh, that's just in charge of like, it could be, I don't know, like concessions or something, but like working with <laughs> people. And I love, I love Disney. I love Disney World. I love everything about that. So I, I think I would really enjoy being a part of that machine, but I also like to do leadership roles. So I, I think I would enjoy that a lot. Um, what TV show would you like to guest star on? Oh, um, so many. Uh, so it's <laughs> two. Uh, the boys would be great. I think that would be really fun. Um, but outside of that, it's not out yet, but uh, I'm very curious about this Lord of the Rings TV show that Amazon's doing. Mm. Uh, they haven't released anything. and It's been filming for a while. So I don't know if it's good or not, but I think that would be really fun. I, I would even co-star in that. Like, I don't, it doesn't need to be a lot. Just just one line, just to be like, yeah. oh, I'm in that. Or like The Mandalorian or something. Again, I'm a yeah. huge Star Wars fan, so I don't know if I would want to be too much in it, because I, I don't think I could watch it and really be absorbed into the world, because I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, like, I remember what happened right after we'd filmed that take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. Um, but I, I think it would be really fun just to be like, 
I love the bounty hunter kid they had mm. in season one who ended yeah, up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I, that would be a really fun little yeah. thing. And then you're dead and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's definitely, I mean, for me, the upcoming Cassian show, Cassian Andor's series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Diego, yeah. I mean, mind you, all of the 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 leading men in this new era of Star Wars are some of my biggest idols. Yeah, um, Oscar of Isaac, Diego Luna, and Pedro Pascal as a Hispanic man. Sure. It's like, holy crap, like the three yeah. of you guys like penetrated. Mind you, they've also, you know, like Pedro was in, or um, Diego was in Narcos. Pedro was in season one mm-hmm. of Narcos. And um, Pedro was also just in, um, wonder woman 1984 and you know oh, they're right. just like they're everywhere it's it's so cool yeah. and oscar isaac yeah, was diego apocalypse is so in x-men in that like, role too yeah 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 oh yeah, that's just, awesome they're they're branching everywhere it's so, so if i was cool in star see. wars though i would want to die are you familiar with the wilhelm scream is uh it's yeah, is that what you would want <laughs> i would want to die and have that <laughs> scream yeah the, ah, i can't do it i would love to learn how to do an impression and do that that'd be funny uh just thinking of how it sounds, I was like, oh, that's probably painful. Yeah, I'm like, I don't um, know where that would go in my registers. <laughs> more of a shriek, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and so last question. In 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Oh, dang. Um, 10 words. Let's see. I might have to backtrack a little bit if I get too, too far. Let's see. Uh, create your own content, please, for the love of God. There we go. <laughs> I love that, man. Uh, so, Johnny, thank you so, so much for, for coming on the show. Where can of people course. find you on, on social media? Yeah, so uh, follow me at, at Mr. Johnny J. So that's just M-R-J-O-H-N-N-Y-J-A-Y. And that's uh, uh, Instagram or Twitter. Twitter, uh, also just johnnyjlee.com. Uh, yeah. And you can follow us at Actors with Issues on Instagram. Big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head on over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Really helps out the show, guys. So greatly appreciate that. And you can catch new episodes of the show every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juan Yala, and we'll see you next week.